Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you as we're just days, hours from Christmas. Um, I'm sure Santa's getting the sleigh all shined up and cranked up, probably getting the oil changed. I don't know. Does he have Does he have a motor? I, I watched some, some cartoon recently where they, uh, what was that, Elf, where he's got like this turbocharger in the back. Who knows? Anyway, so checking the list. Making it, making the list, checking it twice. There you go. So, and I hope you're making your final preparations, whatever you're doing. We're certainly all about protecting Christmas and celebrating Christmas, not just protecting. I like to celebrate it. A lot of good things to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about year end stuff, kind of rounding out the year, what's happened this year, a top 10 list of our own. But a lot of interesting things have been happening this week when it comes to religious freedom. And so I want to jump right into that. Our guest today is Kevin Terrio. He serves as senior counsel and vice president of the Center for Life with Alliance Defending Freedom. You've heard us talk about Alliance Defending Freedom on the show before because they're one of our strongest national partners. They do great work when it comes to court cases. And, you know, they are experts when it comes to public policy. I'll talk a little bit about later in this segment. But Kevin is a graduate of Vanderbilt University Law School. He's admitted in several bars, including the state of Texas. It's always good to have a licensed Texas attorney on the show with us. But he's been involved in numerous U.S. Supreme Court cases, lower district courts. The guy's done quite a bit when it comes to the issues and the values that we care about in the state of Texas. But one of the big things is a, a development, a very good development, an early Christmas gift, as ADF is calling it, in the case out of Atlanta. And I'll let Kevin set that up a little bit more, but you've probably heard about this case. Kelvin Cochran was the uh, chief in Atlanta who was let go from his positions on his religious beliefs. Kevin, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Really appreciate you having me, Jonathan. It's good to sort of be back in Texas. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Even it's, if, it's, if it's remotely tied into the line, man, you can just feel the love and the, the smell of barbecue coming through the, the phone, I'm sure. And bluebell ice cream. Yeah, amen to that. Well, <laughs> why don't you lay the case out? You're the you're the lawyer working on this case. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in this religious freedom case, a very important case, and this huge development this week. Sure. So Calvin Cochran is the former fire chief of Atlanta. He is uh, well renowned across the country. He was started out as fire chief of the city of Shreveport, not far from Texas, went to the city of Atlanta, was their fire chief, did an excellent job, so much so that uh, uh, President Obama at the time made him, appointed him chief fire administrator of the entire country. And he served there for about a year. Atlanta recruited him back. And then under his direction, Atlanta, uh, he, was, he's, he was named the fire chief of the year in 2012. Atlanta had uh, class one fire protection rating for the first time ever. Only about 60 municipalities across the country get that under his direction. But in the meantime, he was writing a Bible study book for his men's group. And it talks, 162-page book, talks about how to be better husbands and fathers. And on a couple of the pages of that book, he lists the 17 sins that men struggle with, that we all struggle with. Uh, But he was focused on men. And uh, one of those was homosexuality. 
Uh, and he says that homosexuality is a problem that uh, some men struggle with. It's something just like any other sin uh, that uh, we need to make sure uh, we understand and, and view in biblical terms. In fact, sex should be limited to the marriage of one man and one woman. Well, a gay councilman learned of that, became concerned, let the mayor know about it. Long story short, they suspended him for 30 days without pay, and we're going to force him to undergo sensitivity training when he returned. And But when he returned, instead of giving him his job uh, and letting him continue his stellar career, they fired him. Uh, in the meantime, they had done an investigation to determine whether or not his beliefs, which they, which they deemed troubling, um, caused him to discriminate against anybody. And, and they determined that they did not, that they talked to former and current employees and nobody found, uh, said that he had ever discriminated against them. And the only employees that, uh, fire department employees of Atlanta that, that submitted any testimony to the court said that he was the best guy that they ever worked for and they would continue to work for him. So we filed a lawsuit on his behalf uh, back in 2015. Um, he was fired in January of 2015. We filed a lawsuit on his behalf and litigated that for a couple years. Well, just two days ago, um, the court ruled for our favor on two of our claims. We had several claims, but it ruled in favor on two of our claims. Specifically, um, the uh, the claim that uh, the mayor had, look, the, the mayor said the reason why, the real reason why we fired him was not what he said or his beliefs. It was really because uh, he didn't get permission first to, to write the book. And, of course, we disputed that, but the bottom line was the court said, if that's the reason why you fired him, that's unconstitutional. Uh, because you have a policy that requires people to get permission to write a non-work-related book, and you don't have any policies and practices in, in place that would prohibit you from making that determination better based upon whether you agree or disagree with what the book says. Therefore, the reason why you fired him is unconstitutional. So it's a very strong win for free speech, very strong win for Chief Cochran, uh, the next step in the case is determining just how much he was damaged, how much wages he lost, how much benefits he lost, and that will be going through that phase next year, so you'll be hearing a little bit more. But uh, all in all, it's a very solid win for Chief Cochran, and we're very happy for him. We're talking with Kevin Terrio, who is a lawyer for Alliance Defending Freedom, vice president of their Center for Life. He's the lawyer working on this case, defending the religious liberty rights of the former fire chief in Atlanta. So... He was fired for his beliefs on marriage. Here is a situation where you have a government employee doing his work and is targeted, if you will. You could argue that, I mean, really singled out because of these beliefs, not because he treated someone differently, not because, you know, in some ways he forced someone to believe like his, simply for having that belief and making other people aware of it. All the and and what you know how that somehow disqualifies him from being fired. Chief, someone who was recognized, someone who's not some political person who was, you know, this person that was out there, um, you know, lobbying for the Republican Party. Not that that would disqualify him. My point is, here's someone who's been recognized for his work in the field that he does, but somehow because he has a belief about marriage, who's a leader in his work, that disqualifies him from serving as a fire chief. Uh, you know, we have reached a place in our country that is extremely troubling. I mean, great to hear about the victory, but I imagine a lot of people don't realize this is the place that we've come to. And if they do, 
they probably think, oh, there's probably more to it. But when they read the facts, they're like, wow, th- this should not be happening. That's exactly right. It's, it's, it's troubling that somebody could be singled out because of their uh, religious convictions and, and subjected to the, the tarnishment of his reputation that this, that this resulted in. It's, uh, it's very concerning, and uh, it's happening across the country, and hopefully this will be just a little bit of a, uh, a reason in, uh, that uh, government officials will think twice the next time they, they decide to discriminate against somebody because of their religious convictions. Well, and, you know, we heard a lot of talk about this prior to the Obergefell decision on marriage, people saying, you know, that it was just about marriage, that, you know, um, that they wanted to just do whatever they wanted to do in the privacy of their their own home, that it was just about love. I mean, how loving is it to fire somebody from their job simply because of the religious beliefs that they have when it comes to the issue of marriage? And so, I mean, we've gone far beyond whether or not someone is just granted a right to a marriage license. And, and you know, you and I, uh, you know, I mean, look, our organization disagrees with that change that the U.S. Supreme Court has forced upon us, but that's not what the what's going on here. It's not like Kelvin Cochran denied somebody the the ability to get married, that he's trying to push some law or to sometime, somehow, you know, physically get in the way of somebody being involved in, in whoever they love. Uh, and so, I mean, we're far beyond any of those type of scenarios that people told us that's what those issues were about at the Supreme Court, even though um, many of us believe, no, 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 that's not what it's what it's about, or that's not where it's, it's going to be simply limited to. People are going to use these kind of decisions or this climate as a weapon against people of faith to essentially disqualify them from serving in the government. I think that's what we're seeing here. That's exactly right. Not only serving in the government, but uh, having a flower shop or having a cake shop or any other aspect of participating in uh, the public square, they're going to, you're going to be excluded or shouted down just because of what you believe and the fact that what you believe happens to coincide with uh, thousands of years of teaching of the three major religions um, is beside the point. Well, look, you know, when you and I were in law school, I'm sure we saw some things about religious liberty. I, I don't know if they were, you know, if we had any instinct of of if they would be at this level. You know, they were different things. You know, I graduated in 2003, and but here we see these new cases, these new issues, and that's why it's so valuable to have advocates like yourself at Alliance Defending Freedom. And I want to take just a minute, too, to acknowledge our our very close friend, Kelly Fedork, that's a part of y'all's team. You know, and, and, and people don't always realize this. The work that, that you and I do, that Kelly does, we do it free of charge. We work for nonprofit organizations, and we, you know, feel very strongly about this being a calling. And so Kelly worked with our team so much this year. We're just so thankful to have that, to have that relationship and friendship, and to have people like yourself that are so willing to serve to do the valuable work that you do at Alliance Defending Freedom. Well, we really appreciate that. It really is an honor to serve alongside you all there in Texas and uh, with other uh, organizations across the country because, you know, um, when you get, when you get up every day and you're doing something that really helps people, helps the cause of freedom, helps the cause of Christ, uh, it's a privilege. And I tell you, it, I always tell people, to me, it's kind of like being a professional athlete. I'm getting paid to do something I love, and and what could be better than that? Well, look, and you know, uh, many of us have been doing it for a long time. The the issues um, have you know been modified in some ways, but we're still going back to principles of religious liberty. 
in these type of cases and these type of scenarios. And w- w- thankful that we've got some of the precedent that we do. But as these new facts, these new issues come up, you know, religious freedom should not be diminished in any way. And so we're glad for the work that you're doing to understand how to apply these things and to have the courage, if you will, and to have the support that you do with the work that you do. Kelly Fedorik, as I said, did great work with us on this issue. I've worked with other members of your team on these very important issues. And unfortunately, I think we're going to continue to see these things, these issues come up as we move forward, whether it's in Texas or other parts of the country. And so and so much of that is for people to continue to have the opportunity to say publicly that they're a Christian and to really celebrate Christmas, as we're seeing in the next few days. And, you know, the Masterpiece Cake, did I say it the right way? The Masterpiece Cake uh, case um, is a very important issue. We know your team has been involved in uh, defending Jack Phillips. And uh, as we wrap up here with our segment, we just want you to know we're grateful for that. Well, thank you very much for your support on that. Um, Kristen Wagoner, our um, senior uh, attorney in charge of litigation, argued that, did a fantastic job, and just continue to pray for the justices that uh, the opinion as they write it will protect freedom. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, it's great to have you on our show. We hope you have a Merry Christmas, and we look forward to working with your team uh, in the new year. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. God bless you. Well, it's great to have Kevin on. You know, look, people are going in a, new, a number of different directions this time of year, uh, but the work that we do is upon us. You know, uh, somebody asked me one time if I'm like an emergency doctor on call. Uh, look, I'm not putting myself in those shoes, but sometimes these things happen at a moment's notice and you got to be able to respond. That's what Kevin does for Alliance Defending Freedom. That's what many of us do in this work because sometimes we don't know when these attacks are going to come and you got to respond quickly. And so we're glad that Kevin had a few minutes to come on and tell us a little bit about this great victory, uh, at least in this stage of this conflict. And uh, we hope they've got great things moving forward. You know, we've had several incidents that we've dealt with on short notice in the work that we do. You can give to us today at txvalues.org, a tax-deductible donation. We are a nonprofit 501c3 organization and txvalues.org is the website website you can donate today. We've got a matching grant in place. So anything that people give up to 43,000, look, if you want to send in a $43,000 donation and knock out that match, we'll take it right now, okay? And double the effort. Um but we know most people do not give at that level, some may. Um and but do whatever you can. Every little bit helps. It allows us to be in positions to work on the Charlie Brown Christmas poster case like we did and win that case, to be in a position to advocate before the Texas Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court that we have state laws that say you can't use tax dollars to subsidize same-sex benefits, just like we have a law and we have policy that says you can't use tax dollars to pay for abortions. Same concept, same principle there. That's what our organization is doing in one particular court case. But in order to have the legal team that we do, we've got to have the financial support. You know, look, It'd be great to think that you can do these things on a volunteer basis and, you know, just jump in whenever an issue comes up. But we've reached a point in our country, in our state and society where that's just not workable. You've got to have people committed full time. You've got to have someone who does this as that is their job. I mean, people ask me that sometimes, you know, is this your full time position or is this kind of a something you do on the side? This is my full-time position, and it's the same for my staff. Um, You've got to be serious. You've got to take that approach to it. You've got to be prepared that these conflicts are going to come, and when they do, be able to respond on a moment's notice. And that's what we do. You know, I I certainly take time for family. We certainly do the best with our staff to navigate that so people can 
have that balance. But we know that sometimes the calls come and you got to respond immediately. And sometimes that's what the other side is banking on. They're thinking they're going to catch you off guard. They're going to do something and, and maybe they'll get away with something before you can respond. And that's unfortunate, but it does happen sometimes. And so, but that's why it also helps for us to have the level of staff that we, we do have so we can balance that work between a, a, a group of people. And it's not just one person that's got to do it, you know, 24-7. And that's what they do at Alliance Defending Freedom. That's why you have such a strong group of people there. And they can have different people come into this role and that role. And that's what we do. We're, and we're training the next generation. We've got uh, three interns that we've been working with at different time periods this year that are coming up. We've got two that are in uh, college, uh, one that is in law school. And so a variety of people that we're trying to bring up for this next generation that are, are going to step up for the work that we care about or in some ways be a representation of that in their community with the gifts that they have. And so that's what you get. That's the return on investment you get when you invest in Texas values. And I'll just kind of give you our some of our top needs. You know, the Merry Christmas issue, while Christmas is just a few days away, and that project really is, you know, the six weeks leading up to Christmas. Uh, look, conflicts, we're likely to hear about stuff after Christmas that people just didn't get to us. Maybe they weren't aware of the state law that protects Christmas in public schools. Whatever the case may be, that can be kind of an ongoing effort, even though it's, it, it is the, the height of it is right now. And so, but we like to continue that pro project every year. And it's about $25,000 for us to do this. This court case we're involved in that we've had success with against the city of Houston has been going on for several years. I mean, uh, the amount of expenses and investment we have in this is in the thousands of dollars. And so we need your financial support for that. Also, educating people about the laws that were passed and didn't get passed during the regular and special session is a huge part of what we do. You know, we've got the largest social media outreach for a Texas group that focuses on religious freedom, marriage and family and life. All three of those those uh, segments and principles, we reach more people uh, by social media. It's not even close than any other group. And so that's kind of the platform that you get when you invest in our work. You're able to reach more people than any other outlet, if you will, on our issues and so, and then some of the other work we've done in the past, the Pastor Protection Act, you know, promoting that project so more people are aware that we have a law that protects pastors and churches and so on when it comes to decisions about marriage, the use of their property, and for them to continue to go based on their religious beliefs. This radio show, you know, the, for us to make the investment to be on the radio and do other things, uh, there's a cost side to that. You can help support that at txvalues.org. Um, our presence in Austin, hey, look, you know I'm from Houston. I love the city, World Series champions. I got to throw in a shout in real quick, right, before we round out the year. My Houston Astros, what a great moment. But in order for us to have the impact, the most impact, this presence in Austin, having our office in Austin, having most of our employees in Austin, um, there is a substantial cost to that. And it's about 40000 a year at minimum. And so that's something that you can help support at txvalues.org. And we're not just somewhere in Austin. We are two blocks from the Capitol. We're on Congress, okay? I mean, is there a, sta uh, excuse me, a street that's as well-known as Congress when it comes to the state of Texas? Maybe a few, okay? But um, it's, got, it's definitely in the top five. When you, so when you think about you know, where you located, we're on Congress. It's very easy for people to remember, but it also is a way to communicate our commitment in the level of seriousness we have to be involved in the issues. And, and, and you look, I mean, I get some of the benefit of that just from walking down the street to get a cup of coffee 
or a snack every now and then, a refreshment, by running into elected officials, by running into fellow people that, that support the work we do, that are involved in, in public policy, for them to see that we're active, we're visible, and for the media. You know, a lot of times those radio, inter- excuse me, the television interviews we do get farmed out to other parts of the state, but the news outlets are right down the street from our office. One of them is, a, is across the street. And so it's very easy for them to pop in on short notice and come in and let us educate people about what's going on. That's what you get when you invest in Texas values. Um, so go to txvalues.org, make a tax-deductible donation today on this work. You know, we talked a lot about Christmas leading up to Christmas and our defense of this issue. Um, I'm not aware of any incidents that have come up this year in the state of Texas, and we're grateful for that. And one radio program asked us, if, you know, if that's kind of a representation that we're winning, if you will, in this war that's been declared on Christmas. You know, I, I'm not sure that it's over yet. So let's be careful not to rush to that just because we haven't had incidents this week, this year in Texas that we're aware of, at least, even though in almost every year in the past four or five years we have. But I do think it's fair to say, or I think we, you know, we could suggest that the work we're doing to educate people about the law, particularly particularly as it relates to how Christmas is handled in public schools, has had a positive impact. And I'd like to believe that it's resulted in what we've said for several years, you know, um, less school districts being naughty and more of them being nice, right? I mean, it's not our goal to, for there to be all this public conflict about these issues. We hope that when people are having their Christmas party or they're having their um, winter celebration, whatever they're calling it in schools, the law doesn't force them to call it a Christmas party. They're allowed to if they'd like to. That's part of what the law is about, about making sure people are aware of what you're allowed to do and not saying you've got to ban certain things. You know, we have conflicts about people saying, can you have red and green plates? Frisco a couple of years ago was, oh, you can't have red and green plates. That's not true. So we dealt with that issue. There was an issue here in Anderson High School a few years ago where I believe one of their attorneys was suggesting that if the members of the choir on their own time went and sang Christmas carols out in the community, that somehow they weren't allowed to do that or that was violating some law. That's not true. So we jumped in and made that issue clear. There was even a situation in a, um, where veterans were being given Christmas cards, I think, at a government facility in Texas, and people were trying to say they couldn't do that. Absurd. And then, of course, you heard us talk a lot about the Charlie Brown Christmas poster case last year from Colleen where we continue to see incidents come up and people think the law is supposed to be applied differently. We've gotten all those issues handled and several that we don't do media about because they're a phone call that comes in and someone says, hey, how do I deal with this issue? Go to our website, MerryChristmasTexas.com. Go to that website, download the one pager that tells you how the law works on this issue. This is a religious freedom issue, okay? And even though you see a lot of the religious freedom space and discussion being about Uh, issues of sexuality and same-sex marriage because of some of the push from folks that that want to change those laws or, you know, the Supreme Court decision, all these things. You know, religious liberty is not just about the definition of marriage and the sexuality, but the whole climate of religious liberty, you know, certainly includes people attacking the issue of talking about Christmas, having a gift that relates to it. And so we've seen incidents come up in other parts of the country where they're still having pushback. The University of Minnesota has a conflict that's going on on this issue. Uh, The Catholic Church is involved in an incident in, I think, in D.C., where they wanted to put an ad 
on a government bus. And even though there were other ads, like there, the, the story is, and what we're hearing details from there, that there was a, uh, a gay dating website that was allowed to put ads on the bus, but then somehow the church, Catholic church, wanted to put like a silhouette of the nativity scene in, in, as relation to Christmas, and they were denied that. So, I mean, you know, you have to wonder what what is the problem here? Why are they banning, you know, some um, expression of Christmas on a bus, but they're allowing gay dating website, you know, um, advertisements on the bus. And so anyway, you just there there are incidences where Christmas is still being attacked, the war on Christmas, if you will. And, and so and look, I'm even seeing reports where they're showing depictions of the nativity scene that people are having. You see this, right? Mary and Joseph kind of lit up on someone's, you know, um, lawn. And now you see people putting two Josephs next to each other in front of the baby Jesus. Is that not a war on Christmas? Is that not a reflection of people trying to attack what Christmas is? Look, if I disagree with the concept of, of marriage being between two men. And so, but it's not even accurate depiction of that scene. I mean, that scene, whether you like it or not, is Mary and Joseph with a baby Jesus. I mean, there were other people there too, as we know with the story and as the Bible tells us. But, you know, if you're trying to change that depiction, that is, I think, fair to say that you're attacking or somehow you're trying to change what Christmas is. You know, if you want to, you know, create your picture of two men, I, I may disagree with that being a marriage, um, but, you know, you might have that viewpoint, but if you actually try to change the depiction of what the manger scene looks like, that's you trying to change. And, you know, I think it's fair to say attacking or somehow doing something negative towards Christmas. And so and we're seeing this in some Santa depictions and, you know, whether or not it's it's no longer Mrs. Claus, it's Mr. Claus along with Santa. So, We'll, we'll see how, how some of these things morph. But that's why we do the work we do, because there's constantly attacks on these issues or people are, are coming at it in different ways. And if you want to stay engaged on the issues of religious freedom, marriage and family and life, I think the best investment you can make and the way to do it is invest in Texas Values. Go to TXValues.org. You can make a tax-deductible donation today. I hope you're spending time with family and friends this Christmas, and I hope you have a wonderful Christmas in the state of Texas. And we'll be back with you next week on the Texas Values Report.